Hello, Gina. Hi, Sarah. Good to hear your voice again. Likewise. How are you doing this fine Tuesday? I am great. It's Tuesday, November 17th, 2020. The year is flying by. It is. Yeah, I'm and doing well. Good. And we are two weeks after the election day. Is it really two weeks already? Oh, um, that's crazy. <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, because... Uh, <laughs> It shouldn't be two weeks, but, but Sarah, what, what we're talking, what we're laughing about, which we probably, which isn't all that funny is that, you know, normally um, there've been few, few elections in my lifetime where um, the result of the election hasn't been known within two weeks or even within, you know, a day of the election itself, because the election is on the third mm -hmm. and very often uh, it's pretty clear, um, even when the elections are close, it's pretty clear how the Electoral College votes are going to. But um, in this particular year, we have a very unusual situation where it is evident that uh, Joe Biden has won the election, but the sitting president has refused to acknowledge that win and further is using very um, using language incendiary language to to, chow, to insist or to suggest that the outcome of the election isn't uh, valid. Mm -hmm. Yes. And we, we've been doing this now for two weeks. Uh, I, should, I should clarify that uh, in the first week, it took some time before even the various states were able to finalize enough of their counts to really call... Uh, one way or another, but um, but I'm trying to think. What day was it announced that Joe Biden was projected to be the winner, kind of officially? Mm -hmm. I, I think it was on um, Saturday. Uh, it was on a you Saturday. You are right. Yeah, I yes. re I remember that uh, very vividly, which means that it would have been November seventh, because today yes. is the seventeenth. And the reason I remember that vividly as a Saturday is because I was going to meet my daughter for brunch. And I told her, we, we, were, we were all kind of like, Ugh. and then I said, I sent her a note and said, I think we might have something to celebrate. Yes. <laughs> I love that. We, um, we did some celebrating in our house as well. Mm -hmm. And um, I hope that if we have listeners who are Donald Trump supporters, that they don't feel off put um, by our celebration or excluded by our celebration. But I do, um, I do, I am celebrating it. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I think that it's worth noting here. Yes. Well, I, I, you know, I really appreciate what you just said, Sarah. I think that's a gracious thing to say. And it's actually what I wish we all say each time that we're on the winning side that we don't forget that there is another side and that even if we don't share the views exactly all of it is supposed to be in service of america so i appreciate that um and uh you, you know would myself be that gracious and hope others would be that gracious if the roles were reversed um you know in another uh in a different situation so yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, where to begin? Um, can Shall we talk a little bit more about our experience on that Saturday? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, uh, you know, 
I can, I remember that, um, well, I guess I would have to back up from that because Sarah, the, the reality is that what was unusual is that, and, and I actually did not witness this myself, but apparently on November 3rd, the night of the election, there was a point at which people thought that Donald Trump had won the election or there was a point at which Donald Trump wanted others to believe that he had won the election. I'm really not a hundred percent sure since I was not, I did not watch this, but Mm -hmm. when I woke up the next day, what I saw was something that indicated that he had, um, uh, he had claimed that he had won the election and had sort of given a little victory, not a victory speech, but certainly something from a, from a, um, a ballroom or something like that, where they were, uh, his um, supporters were there and it was sort of a celebratory mode mood. Um, and then somewhere So, so that was November 3rd that night. And then, so, then it became evident very clear to me that same day that that wasn't true. So between the third and the seventh that we were just talking about that Saturday, I think we ought to make it known for the record that there was a lot of up and there was a lot of, mm-hmm. of, of having to kind of really extricate the fact from the fiction. There was indeed. Uh, and there was also a lot of tension uh, because the states that were yet to be counted, of course, obviously, since it was taking so long to count it, that would indicate that it was close. And for each of those states, let's see, it was Pennsylvania, Florida, Nevada, and Arizona. Did I get those right? Yes. And the <laughs> the 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 counts seemed to be wavering at one point they'd be leading in one direction and then shift and be leading in the other. And so there was a lot of uh, drama I'd say leading up to the end and not really knowing which way uh, things would go. Um, I think, <laughs> I think it's worth noting some of the madness uh, on Thursday, Nevada, held a press conference and said that they had earlier released numbers that were incorrect and they were releasing updated counts. They said that they weren't going to share final numbers until November 13th or 12th, whatever the final Mm -hmm. uh, legal date was for them to continue counting. Um, There were so many things that had been said that just contributed to the sense of, of a bit of chaos and a bit of powerlessness. Um, But in the midst of all of that, I felt, or at least from my uh, spot in the world, it seemed like people around me weren't losing their heads. Everybody was waiting patiently in my community. Um, What was your experience of that time? Hmm. Well, um, hmm. I don't know that I would say that that was my experience, um, well, well, first of all, let me let me just say one factual thing that I think we need to clarify. So the 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 reason that these counts were moving around in the way that you were describing, Sarah, the the biggest factor in that was not any irregularity in the process. What right. there was is a, an irregularity in terms of the fact that we are in the middle of a of a pandemic. And so a disproportionately large number of Americans had chosen to vote by mail in order to minimize the risk of exposure to COVID. And therefore, the mail-in votes, because, of course, they, they, every state had a different procedure. Some, some states, like the state I'm in, Florida, counted their, um, 
their early votes, the, the mail-in votes, absentee votes, whatever you want to call them, they counted them before November 3rd. Some, some states had a requirement that the, those, uh, those could not even be opened onto the election day. So there were some states, including some of the ones that we were talking about, where the procedure for counting those absentee and mail-in votes was really the factor that was contributing to, to taking longer. Um, and that was brand, that was a new thing. We hadn't dealt with it before in that volume. So there's that. But as far as the mood and the experience of it, um, for me, it was, I truly um, was dejected after, uh, on November 4th, I was really concerned and fearful about the possibility that, um, I, you know, could it be that I could have to live like this for another four years? And my daughter and my immediate family and my friends shared that concern. And so I remember it as a, as for me, we were level-headed mm -hmm. um, and we were, you know, but we were somewhat dejected because, because truthfully, and again, for the benefit of those who listening who might be Trump supporters, what, what one might not realize is that the experience of living in the country for the last three and a half years, three and three quarter years, while Trump was president, Never mind the, polit the policies, because I would expect that the policies might not be exactly the policies of a Democrat, but it was sort of the, the unpredictability, the chaos, the, uh, the personal attacks on, on, on people who couldn't fight back, the bullying, the, um, the inappropriate language, that whole thing was very, very um, heavy, weighed very heavy on me, speaking for myself, as a citizen of this country. So I didn't think I could do it for another four years. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I think that that's fair. Um, the, when I said uh, everybody remained calm, I should specifically uh, articulate that I had fear before the election happened about what would happen afterwards. And there were all sorts mm. of people talking about pandemonium breaking out, people talking about mm -hmm. the spark of a civil war. And um, mm -hmm. some of that sounds so far-fetched, but so much of what we've lived through in the last uh, three, four years has been has felt far-fetched and yet it has happened and so at this point I'm feeling very open to you know many things may happen that I may not be able to predict and so if I'm hearing somebody predicting something that sounds crazy I'm gonna still hold on to that and think well who knows it could could very well happen uh stranger things have happened um Mm -hmm. And so I mm -hmm. was, I, I should have shared a little more context that in the sense that I was relieved that there weren't, there wasn't rioting happening or anything like that. And of course, it's hard to react to something that's not final. And so we may still see things happen. Um, but I do think even since the seventh, things have s gradually shifted Um and before we get to that, I'll share a bit of my experience on the 7th. Um, so I, I, when you said it was a Saturday, I thought, oh, yes, how could I forget? We woke up that morning and, and my husband remarked that he thought it was wise of them to make the announcement or call it on Saturday morning as opposed to Friday night mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. to prevent those kinds of 
of outbursts. Um, but the day felt jubilant and for exactly the same reasons that you articulated. And I, I remember mm-hmm. watching um, the commentators uh, on the television talk about what the day meant for them and what it felt like mm-hmm. kind of on, on both uh, predominant news channels. And um, the remark was made that it's an easier day to be a parent. Um, Mm -hmm. And I felt Mm -hmm. very, I felt a lot of alignment with that comment that if, Mm -hmm. if our nation can choose to elect somebody who's not using inflammatory language and putting others down and, um, sparking the kind of division that has been sparked over the last several years, uh, I feel a little bit better about just the example that's being set. Right. Um, so mm-hmm. that is one thing. Um, but beyond that, the hope that we can move into uh, a new normal. And I'm using, uh, rather than saying going back to normal, I don't think that that's what we should pursue And I also don't regret really what's happened with um, the election of Donald Trump or COVID-19. Of course, there are many terrible outcomes from both of these things that I wish could be undone. But the the awareness, the realization um, that has happened is the thing that I don't regret and that I think we will be better for having known rather than continuing to go about life without knowing that many of these, um, many of what we were experiencing as comfort, comfortable things in our lives were falsities. Um, And so for that reason, uh, we, we know ourselves better as a country, and I'm hopeful that we can take action in a way that brings us to a better place than where we were four years ago. Uh, some of us there without having known where we really were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I am very optimistic because I think, I do think that what um, was at stake, apart from my mental health, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think what was really at stake or what, and what is at stake is sort of our democracy. I don't think that it is an exaggeration when people say mm-hmm. that. And some of the people who say that might be exaggerating or wanting to mm-hmm. shock, but I personally feel that way too. Because when I say that our democracy feels as if it has been at risk and might still be, it's because of this whole notion that there's some people that apparently cannot discern the difference between truth and a truth and a lie. And so I remember um, in, in the begin- on the first day, two things I remember from very early in the presidency that were this Trump's presidency that were somewhat scary that I thought were just flukes and would go away were this notion of fake news. And then the second one was that the uh, alternative facts. And these were words that were used that sounded very much Orwellian, like mm-hmm. something from, you know, like Big Brother. And, but I didn't really take them seriously at the time because it never occurred to me that 70 million people could believe the, some of these things. And so now those 70 something million people s- still believe those things because I saw on the news <clears throat> just last night, excuse me, just last night, which would be the 16th of November, 
a nurse who I don't know what state she was in, but she had cares for COVID patients and was, and was talking on the news about the, um, the increase in COVID cases wherever she is. And she said she's treating people who under deathbed are still saying that COVID was a hoax and they're, and it's on their deathbed. Mm -hmm. Um, so this whole notion of, of the fact that there is something, there are facts and then there are non-facts, like there's truth with a capital T for a lot of things that we deal with every day. The risk that that is sort of disintegrating is, is, is scary. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, the question that that begs for me is how do we combat misinformation moving forward? And I hope that our best and brightest minds are working on that because it, it is our democracy at stake and it is a new kind of threat, um, new to me (laughs) in the last four Mm -hmm. years that, um, we have got to get better at, um, you know, you just the comment that you just made made me think of, of Herman Cain, uh, who, of course, passed of coronavirus mm-hmm. um, and his Twitter account where his family continues to tweet um, <laughs> about, yeah, just the, exactly what you said, making tweets about COVID not uh, not being what it is or not being inflated. And yes, oh, really? and of course, from the own, he himself had passed of COVID. Yeah. <laughs> and the irony that now the late Herman Cain's Twitter account is posting comments about COVID and I can't remember if he, if they said that it's not real or what it was, but there was an implication of an overt <laughs> statement about mm-hmm. it not being that deadly. And of course he himself died. So it's very strange. Wow. I hadn't even heard mm-hmm. of that, but, um, but that is very strange. And, and, you know, so, um, and I know people who think it's, I know people who, well, they don't tell, I know a few, a couple people, just two people, actually, literally two people who haven't said they don't believe that it's real, but they will say things like this. I don't know anyone who has COVID. Do you? Have you ever met somebody who had COVID? You know, they'll say that or, or something where it's like you're trying to, you know, you hear this, you always know you can't prove a negative, but it, it was, it was, um, it's saying on the one hand, well, it could be real, but I don't have any evidence that it's real. I'm not going to go depend on what the scientist is saying, the National Institute of Health is saying, the World Health Organization. Maybe if I meet somebody who has COVID and I know they have COVID, maybe I'll believe that, which is so mm-hmm. bizarre. So bizarre. But um, yeah, so what are we going to do? Your question was, you know, well, what can we do to, to counter misinformation? Well, I think, you know, the, everybody agrees that the social media tech companies have got to change what they do. Although I don't know exactly how we would get mm-hmm. them to change, but mm-hmm. it's possible because I never believed that um, cigarettes would, would be um, labeled as dangerous. I never believed they would be penalized with a, a financial penalty. Uh, I never believed that I would get to the point where I would see that there were certain stores that didn't sell cigarettes. So that required a, a, a will. And it was done because people said, these cigarettes are killing you. 
So if we can do that, we can certainly control the tech companies or if we have the will uh, Mm -hmm. to do it. Um, I know that they're being two of them, Twitter and Facebook are being interviewed today in the Senate, but usually nothing seems to Mm -hmm. ever come of those Mm -hmm. conversations. Uh, I do. I, I do see that um, Twitter has begun and I'm not sure how long ago they started, but they've started flagging comments uh, or tweets that are false or varying degrees of false and have even (laughs) made various statements on uh, or flags on the president's tweets, of course, a major source of misinformation. Yeah. Which is like upside down world, but uh, and that's true. Although the thing about that is the way that that is spun (laughs) is it actually spun in the opposite direction by the president's allies who say, see, see, these people are trying to shut us up. So it's mm-hmm. like, a, uh, it doesn't necessarily stop them from believing the thing that's there. So I don't know that it's having any effect. Now, when he was president, of the, as he is president of the United States, the social media companies have said that the reasons that they have not shut down his, his Twitter feed when he has posted misinformation is because he's the president of the United States. But, um, I mean, and sort of the implication is if he's no longer president of the United States, that they might take a different mm. stance uh, as they would for any other citizen. So I suppose we'd mm-hmm. have to wait and see. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, this is, there's just so much here that we could talk about. And, you know, we said probably next time we would talk about something different, but um, Sarah, I suspect that next time we, we talk, we'll have to continue this conversation for the simple fact that um, at this moment in time, the current president has not conceded to the president elect, nor has he extended the typical courtesies of congratulating the president elect or inviting the president-elect and the president-elect's family to the White House. None of those things that were sort of part of the course have occurred. So when we meet next time, we don't know if they would mm-hmm. even have occurred then. And, and we can't let that go on, mm-hmm. unmarked. Um, I am in. I'm in. We'll continue. We'll continue the conversation. <laughs> Do you know yeah. uh, the next uh, significant dates in this saga? <laughs> The, uh, the date where um, I don't even have the language. I, I'm ashamed of my political knowledge. I don't even have the language to articulate what happens next. There's a vote. Yeah. The, uh, the, the, uh, the, the states have to certify their votes uh, for the, in preparation for the electoral college vote. So they have to certify uh, their state, their votes in each state, and they vary. For example, um, today is actually the day for Florida to certify the state that I am in. Um, I'm not sure uh, for the state that you are in where that, when that will be, um, but they vary, which is another one of the weird, unusual things about the United States. And then I think it's December, um, let me see if I can find it quickly as we're speaking here, but I do believe that it is December the 18th when the the electors um, in the electoral college will submit their mm-hmm. their votes, and that's another whole thing we can talk about. Uh, you know, uh, because that is just another <laughs> another opportunity for further confusion. Um, because in the United States we have the electoral college, and it isn't in all states. It is not mandatory 
that the person that the electors will vote for the person who has the most Mm -hmm. of the popular vote. But that's another story. (laughs) Oh, there are so (laughs) many things that we can cover here. Mm -hmm. Okay, so yeah, Monday, December 14th is the day that members of the Electoral College must cast their votes for votes for president and vice president. Uh, That's almost a month away. We um, we will we may have to discuss whether we have new uh, new things to continue um, or if we want to take a segue in the next few weeks and then come back to this once there's more, because this uh, this is a journey. Yes. Oh, I agree. I totally agree. But it's it's um, certainly something that I'm glad we're talking about because it is the big the big thing that's happening and it's really affecting all of us. And I'd love to um, continue either this conversation or take a break from it and talk about something else mm-hmm. and then come back Sounds to it. Great. Well, Gina, I think uh, we're getting close to our time to adjourn, but uh, I mm-hmm. look forward to talking with you again next Tuesday. Absolutely. And thank you so very much. Always a real thank pleasure. Thank you. Chatting Likewise. With you, Sarah. Bye. All right. Bye-bye.